It's it reminds me of the automated system. Yeah, he kind of sounds like like a little bit of both. <clears throat> I can't do that voice right now. I'm trying to do it. I can't do it. Uh, Doctor Gordon I, yeah. Freeman, please report to Sector C Laboratory. Oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for that. Why haven't yeah. you done that? You've never done that on the podcast before. No, I never have. I, I don't know. I feel a little congested. Like, right? yeah. no, you did a good job, though. You did a good job. Uh... How you guys doing? It's good to see you both. Hey, good. what's up? I got I'm, donuts uh, delivered. You got donuts I, delivered. Is I that got what I heard? Delivered. And then, what? Uh, delivery donuts? Delivery donuts. And then uh, my girlfriend's like, well, I can't have these without coffee. I was like, oh, really? Is that, like the yeah. coop in you? It's like the Twin Peaks police station requirement. They, I mean, always, they always have the coffee and donuts. That's what I always think of when I think of donuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know it's not just them. It's a, it's a classic Kind Twin of Peaks has really made an imprint on your soul. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it definitely did. I, I will say, eating just donuts without coffee does sound—it sounds like something's missing. Just it's the fire and ice. You need the sweet, and then you need that bitter, wet—you know, the dry sweet with the wet bitter to complement one another. Otherwise, you're just slurping sugar. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like imagine having donuts with water. Like that doesn't sound good. I had to do like, that. That's what I just did. I don't drink. <laughs> I, don't drink uh, I don't drink coffee. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's my favorite vice. It's the best vice. Coffee. Oh yeah, I love coffee. Coffee better good. than alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I li- I mean, I like alcohol well enough, but I just love coffee. Like, if I had to throw one out the window, I'd go with coffee. Hmm. You th- you keep coffee. Yeah, I'd do the same. I'm like on the verge of doing that, honestly. I, I can't I can't get drunk now. Like I have uh, I have yeah. responsibilities. If I get drunk, someone could die. Who knows? It's not good. What about so. just enjoying it as like a beverage though, like a casual like just like I think the flavor of beer. Oh yeah. I would drink beer if it wasn't I'd actually prefer if it wasn't alcoholic because I could drink it more. <laughs> so the Carnicerita at the corner has like the best beer collection in like three miles for some reason. And it's like right it's like, you know, it's it's a hundred paces away from me. So I, I have been buying, I had been buying a lot of beer up until uh, Holden was born. And now I just kind of want, I just want to have that one beer with dinner, you know, that just nice, crisp, delicious beer. I don't know, coffee, beer, they're good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think just having like one like really nice beer without the intention of getting drunk, but just to kind of take the edge off, I think can be good every now and then. Yeah. So but, like as, uh, a father, a as a father, I think it's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, mostly I'm just in... Uh, right now, it's, you know, I'm in the trenches, man. Those, those first three, four months is... Uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Uh, anyway, I don't know. What else is going on, huh? Exciting stuff? Um, holidays. Holidays. Holiday stuff. Uh Gosh, yeah, I'm kind of drawing a blank. I feel like things have happened in my life. Okay. We're recording sure. this a week early, so if anything crazy happens, that's why. But um, you guys follow this election? This is crazy, right? This, okay. was, this was a real yeah. fucking roller coaster. <clears throat> well, it's really the... I think the election is one thing, but the uh, 
Elon Musk Twitter stuff Ugh. has been like really mm. something to follow. Oh my god. What a buffoon. Like what a total buffoon. Like all the bullshit that he he just says stuff and then it's like always wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? I think the most disturbing thing about it is um the thing about Elon Musk is I feel like he just tries to make exploitation cool. Like, that's his thing. He's like, yeah, I just fired 3,000 employees. I'm such a badass. Look at me carrying the kitchen sink. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, I, I hate that kids think that's cool. I think that's just very evil. But whatever. Yeah, he's kind of a shit. Kevin's like, I, I, I'm not going to say anything. I want to work at Twitter. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't work at Twitter. I don't work at Twitter. I just, I'm just like, I, I don't use Twitter. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, well, I don't, uh, it's, it sucks that what's happened to the employees primarily. It's a really great, yeah, yeah. But, uh, there was this news story that like, uh, after Elon Musk told one of the managers to fire people, he just like went outside and threw up in like a garbage can cause he was so like disgusted by it. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I hate all of that stuff happening. I guess the silver lining to it is that it's, it's funny. I, I don't know. Any evidence oh, we get. it's definitely funny. Yeah, any evidence that we get that Elon Musk is actually incredibly inept and he's not this, like, Tony Stark mega genius, I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. My The list of people I know who idolize him has, has grown quite slim, but uh, I think the holdouts are maybe for life. Oh, no. The tech bros? Not the tech bros. Yeah. The yeah. crypto bros? They like what bros. he represents, I think. The what? They like what he represents, which is like, quote, success and quote, yeah, he's self-made. Not, self-made. I mean, it's not like yeah. he was born a millionaire or anything, but right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, I guess <laughs> they, they think that self-made billionaires who were born multimillionaires. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I'm sick of the guy. I, uh, I kind of like the cars, but that's about it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so Twitter. Yeah, Twitter sucks, I guess, right now. He's everything's going crazy are you going to be on mastodon Oren? are you going to jump over to this this old new service maybe i'll try that i don't know i'd rather wait until things are real and like actually yeah. popular before jumping on but yeah i don't know remember when everyone was going to go to parlor all the republicans were going to go to parlor and then no one went to parlor right <laughs> so they had to close it down i think because there's a lot of bad speech happening on it that was because people bad. were coordinating like like yeah. potential like terrorist attacks and violent violence on it there yeah they're like free speech oops oops uh, uh well, anyway. well the the really funny thing about it not to get political but uh Candace Owens has been like courting Kanye West to buy Parler from her husband so that's been pretty pretty funny to see like he's try she's trying to you know save face for Kanye so that he can buy this scam app. <laughs> But anyway, huh. yeah. <sighs> Politics, Kevin, tell man. Tell me something, Kevin. Um, I remember when uh, Marty Stratton posted a post on Reddit about Mick Gordon Ooh. being hard to work with, and uh, thinking like, Ooh. "Oh man, that's a, what a bummer that was." And yeah, uh, the two of them will probably never work together again. Well, that really sucks. And. Uh, didn't really hear anything from Mick Gordon about it, which was odd. He seemed to have like one or two Twitter posts, and that was well. It. He had like some Twitter like private messages that somebody yeah. else leaked. He didn't even yeah. yeah. But but the thing is, is that Marty's post 
seemed plausible, right? Just not with like any actual facts, but just what you might intuitively imagine about a sort of, you know, musical genius. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, uh, Mick Gordon has come out come out swinging with a uh, an hour long read. I read the entire Medium article, um, very in depth. He covered what seems to be every point, and he has a lot not fully but a lot of evidence and timestamps for the things that he's the cases he's making which i will say is a lot more than marty stratton produced for his side of this so no mick made a real strong argument and really backed it up with the receipts uh that's uh yeah it 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 seems like marty stratton and other people have sort of corroborated this on twitter so take that with many grains of salt is kind of a cunt and uh, maybe should be fired. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. But what, like, for for people who don't know, like what we're talking <clears throat> about, like who is Marty and who is Mick? Okay, Marty Stratton works for ID Software. Is that correct, Kevin? Yeah. He does, right? Yeah. And he, he yeah, is he was the uh, co-director of Doom 2016. Okay, and, and uh, I think he was not the co-director co-director of Eternal, Eternal but he was involved He's a producer. heavily. Producer, executive producer, uh, and. I think. Mick Gordon is the guy who made the soundtrack for Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, uh, both of the new Wolfenstein games, I believe. He made it for Prey. He's kind of, you know, probably one of the most talented composers working right now, but has a very unique style, right? right? And so what Marty Stratton alleged was that Mick Gordon was not following through. He was hard to work with. He wasn't meeting deadlines. And that because of that, ID Software would not work with him in the future or was unlikely to work with him. Like the, the door was open, but they felt like he was too difficult, right? And they kind of put this Reddit post out and they kind of like drag, drag him under the bus and shit on him a bit. But like I said at the beginning of this, it did seem plausible. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know the guy. I don't, never worked with him, but it seemed like I could imagine a situation like that happening, right? Yeah. Mick Gordon fires back two years later with a 1400 word or something like it's just a massive post on Medium detailing everything that Marty said and detailing all the other problems and all the, the shysty ways in which Marty in particular uh, dealt with Mick. Basically, he was he, he was changing deadlines, changing uh, deliverables, not being clear about what was going on. He didn't pay him. He then later offered him a six-figure sum to not talk about the situations, to sort of as sort of like a PR payment kind of hush money. Um, so hopefully that does that does that summarize the situation clearly for people who don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, I think so. but but the most flabber the most flabbergasting thing that you said was ID software, isn't it? Ed mm. software. I don't know why I do that. It's it's there's something wrong with my brain. <laughs> That twelve-year-old Aaron didn't know that id was a concept, so he just saw id, and and now, you know, th- uh, twenty-nine years later, I, I I do it. It just happens. I say id software, but id software. You're definitely correct there. <laughs> you always get me on that one, uh, and, I, and I always that's do like, it. That's so. uh, like that's <laughs> like when I would call Kuro- Kurosawa like Kurosawa because I was a dumbass. Kurosawa. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Chemis. Albert Chemis. Yeah, Albert um, Chemis. Gene Luck Goddard. All these famous uh, people who I didn't pronounce yeah. correctly when I was 14. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so that's the story. Uh, maybe we'll leave a link to that, but you can definitely just find it by looking up Mick Gordon, id Software. Uh, consequently, Doom Eternal is being review bombed on Steam. Even mm. though Mick Gordon was like, please don't do anything like that. Um, so, yeah, that's it's a bummer, man, because for me, and I'm sure Kevin will agree too, although I guess Zach didn't feel this way. He, he said he'd listen to other music, but uh, fair enough. 
that music was such a good fit and such an important part of what made those both of those Doom games like so effective. Is it just it just paired so well? You know, it's like you think of like the Lord of the Rings in the soundtrack. Like, would the Lord of the Rings be as good with a with a kind of lesser soundtrack? Maybe, maybe not. That's Still sure. incredible, probably music. not. But like, like you can't discount how much weight the music has, and I think the the weight for the music in the Doom games was was pretty substantial. So. So how much of the music uh, in Doom Eternal was Mick Gordon? Did he do uh, all the music all still it. or all of it? So He did all so of it, yeah. When did he leave? Or again, when when, it, when did the conflict happen between do you, Doom and... Do you want to summarize it, Kevin? Because Kevin read the whole thing and I just read a summary. Um, so he was a contractor for Idsoft for both games. Um, gotcha. Second game, um, he was with them through the whole development cycle but primarily was expressing concerns and had difficulty because they wanted him to do the music before the game was done. And he said that a big part of how he did the music for 2016 was he they had the levels already done and developed, so they were showing him clips of the levels, the concept of it, and like what was happening. So he had a really good idea of like how to make the music flow with it. Um, but this game, he didn't really know. He didn't, they, 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 didn't ha- they just had like rough concepts, so he mm. was having a lot of struggles. So he wrote a bunch of music, apparently, and then... Uh, they didn't pay him for it. They didn't like it. Um, and he alleges um, that they then used that music in the game anyways. Um, um, a lot of the tracks and that the he soundtrack. mentions, I actually looked up, and I had never heard them. They're not in the game. Some of them aren't in the game, or I didn't hear them in the game. And they're actually really cool. And I'm like, sad that they didn't make it into the game. But uh, apparently he had done, I think, if I remember correctly, two different times he, he did like a full soundtrack, and they, 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 they denied it. So he had to then yeah. redo it all again. So he was basically crunching on the soundtrack a lot and it sounds like the management was giving him a real hard time for it um, sounds like uh, Doom 2016 was managed better overall which yeah. makes sense because it's better right Aaron? it's a better game yeah it's definitely <laughs> I do think like we're just going to keep bringing it back to, to <laughs> it, Aaron's chagrin it does <laughs> I do think like um, this does give me some insight I think into this game as well because I do think the game we've talked about and I won't belabor this point but it does feel like varied in a lot of points like it does kind of feel like there's kind of like parts that are fun and there's parts that are like not as good like whereas like 2016 was like a very like evenly paced game the whole thing or eternal has like bad levels even though it has some good levels and good parts i just think like this kind of maybe like it sounds like the development for this game was hell uh and i know they delayed it too that was the other thing was they delayed the well, game i don't know if it was hell but it sounds like it was definitely a more tumultuous development process uh, it's hard to know because he wasn't working with the deve- he wasn't developing the game uh mick gordon was well they, they delayed with the game must have, they must have had some, tr- some troublesome stuff yeah yeah but i mean a lot of games get delayed these days i i, I don't know that it, I, I wouldn't i feel like that's maybe slightly over uh did it say that in, in his piece yeah like, he was uh, implying that like they were having a lot of they were like facing a lot of difficulty with the game okay and Bethesda was trying to like you know get the get the game out and, but the, 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 they, they had to I guess go to Bethesda because they had delayed you should read the article um, yeah I, uh, you know if, if I the, the baby has I, gone through a growth spurt this week so I've been basically uh, we've been we've been feeding him holding him for most of the last uh, I don't know 7200 hours so I haven't had a chance to just sit down and read a a massive tome of a medium post but uh, I'd like to it's, it was interesting, too, because it also gives insight just, like, into, like, how they do music design in games, like, mm-hmm. how this thing, these things are handled, which is something that you don't really see a lot of, um, which is cool. Like, big picture, though, I think this situation sucks. 
Um, I I kind of believe Mick Gordon. Um, I I think yeah. the point that he makes to me that really resonated the most was that that Mick Gordon Marty Stratton didn't post anywhere, but he posted it on Reddit, and he says that he thinks that that was intentional. So like all the like redditors would come and attack Mick Gordon because like Reddit has like is known for having more toxic communities, um, and he got seriously. I don't know if you read this part, but he got like people were like telling him how they're gonna like kill him and like kill his dog and kill his family, and like he got all the the worst kind of stuff like daily he said his phone was constantly ringing he was constantly getting voicemails like getting all, all the worst kind of abuse that you could imagine um and, he says, and hey, it that, kind of like derailed his career if not yeah. temporarily maybe 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 has harmed his career to some great extent yeah that's and i think i didn't that's insane yeah i think uh the guy is um in my opinion as someone who's a fan of heavy metal like unquestionably a genius like not only yeah. for like his metal composition but the way that he managed to make music that is harsh and intense for and, and package it for people who don't usually listen to that kind of music and like make it work, because like if you look at like those like YouTube comments or like posts on the YouTube videos that have the soundtracks, like like tens of thousands of people are like thumbing up all these posts about the music and like things about the music that they like. And I think it's like not just heavy metal fans. Like I think it's like fans of Doom and you mm-hmm. know, just people from all walks of musical enjoyment. So I think that like, he really did that well, and he also remixes his music in a way that's like makes something new from it, and also mm-hmm. makes it feel nostalgic at the same time. So like, I think the guy is just a master of his craft. So I think like any new game that they make without him is going to be like a significant loss. Like it's it's a big impact. I think I think it right, works. and for the whole Bethesda catalog because he had yeah. been really making exceptional comp and varied. I should say they didn't they weren't all just you know, gent metal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so it's a loss. I, I hope that Bethesda and Microsoft or whoever is in charge can can mend this and make things right. I don't know. Read the article for yourself and make up your own mind, of course. But a uh, bit of a bummer, to put it mildly. Yeah, big time. Uh, this is just a footnote. Halo got co-op. We should try it. Uh, my cousin reached out. My cousin Matt. He was like, hey. Get the boys together. Let's let's do some. Is it four player or it's just two player? Four player. Oh fuck, guys, let's play some Halo. Uh, that'd be fun. I'm game. Um, I'll do it. All I'll right, try it. I'll try it. Maybe, I'll go with an open mind. I'm kind of. <laughs> I'm kind of. I don't know. For me, the ship has kind of sailed. It's been. Mm. It's been. It's been a year, dude. I'm it has been like, a year. Yeah. It's been a year. So I. I don't it's been a year. The game wasn't good a year ago. So I don't know if co-op will make it better, but yeah, maybe it will. I didn't hit the game a year ago, but I understand. Yeah, yeah. I'll try it. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about some games, guys. Kevin, what's you've been playing? You've just been kind of overloading on like third-person survival horror games. Yeah. And if I recall correctly, Oren made, made an apt point that Resident Evil Three, Resident Evil Three, got I like didn't pronounce enunciate my consonants there is a game that is meant to be replayed, chewed on. It's 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 meant to be, you know, uh, devoured over and over and over again. And I, I think that you uh, you have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, when we last talked about Resident Evil 3, I had played it uh, just through it one time. Um, and I had played through it one time after playing, you know, RE2 Remake, which was two years earlier. Um, and I, I was really going in with the expectation that it was going to be that again because it is in a lot of ways presentationally seemingly that but it's definitely not the same thing so anyways uh my first note on this on on this game is Oren was right 
<laughs> about uh, about how this game is title of the playable. podcast. Orin was right. So uh, was right. I uh, <laughs> I've I replayed the game. I don't know, maybe ten times now. Um, oh I got, wow! I got Whoa. every achievement in the game. Yeah. Oh yeah, you said that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, the hardest of which is getting an S rank on the hardest difficulty, which means you have to beat the game in under. I think it's under in under an hour. Maybe it's under two hours. Oh. Under two hours. Um, and save less than five times. Um, and I will say that game. So uh, let me just take a step back here on this. But um, that game is uh, mechanically really, really fun. Um, in particular, the way that they designed the nemesis in that game. Like I didn't really appreciate it the first time through because it's so short. But when you spend more time on the higher difficulties, a lot of the mechanics come out more. Um, like the zombies are very formidable in that game on the higher difficulties, especially when you don't have the damage coins and the da- they have these coins that are from RE7. Um, that make you have higher damage and higher health and stuff. When you don't have right. those, even with infinite ammo, like it is very challenging. There was multiple times where I got killed by the zombies in the game, um, which you know doesn't really happen. I feel like all of us know how to kill zombies pretty effectively. <laughs> like they're not usually too challenging. But I do think the remake zombies, the the the, the past two remake zombies, are some of the best zombies I think in games. I think they just did a really good job in how they're done. Like I didn't know that they could both. Did you know that they can you can get bit by two at once in these games? I never even knew that could happen. Happened to me. Oh, a ton. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll both jump on you, and you, then you have to do double the uh, presses to get off. It's it's right. it's pretty cool. Um, I spent a lot of time grinding out the uh, uh, infinite unlock weapons, specifically the 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 CQBR, which is like the assault rifle and the rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting all the challenges to unlock those reminded me a lot of doing that in RE4, saving up the uh, million peseta for each one. So I don't know. I really appreciated all of these things. I had just. Uh, a lot of fun spending all the time on this uh, game. I, I really love how the guns feel in RE3. I, I played RE2 and RE3 like pretty close together recently. And uh, I do love the de- design philosophy of RE2 where the guns just feel totally ineffective. Like you're just throwing stones at them and it's not working. <laughs> but I do love that like ripping noise that Jill's pistol has. Like it feels really powerful and um, as I was yeah. playing RE2, I was like starting to miss RE3, uh, which I thought was funny. Just I, I, I miss how the guns feel in that game. <laughs> it's funny because um, I totally agree with you. And also, whenever I play RE2, I miss the dodge. The dodge right. just makes those 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 boss fights um, much more engaging because like you can you have like your own countermeasure to their special attacks. For RE2, you just kind of get smashed by them. There's not really a lot you can do other right. than just hopefully kill them fast enough. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember like last time we talked about it, I was complaining and I still, I still feel this way. Like I still have the sentiment that it was too short, but I also mm-hmm. think that like, you're right in that primarily this is what I think you're right on is like the shortness also is a benefit to the game because you can just sit down and play it in an afternoon and like right. the pacing and the design of everything, like all of the set pieces are skippable. Like nothing is super long and dragged out. Like there's no, like I don't like. I don't know what to use as an analogy. My first thing I think of is like walking through the museum with Ellie. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like hate that part, but I'm just saying like if I had to replay Last of Us too, like that's a long segment that you can't right. skip. Whereas like right. this game, all of those kind of segments are like you can skip them all really quickly. So like you can play the game and just focus on the gameplay stuff if that's what you want to do, which I think the game does really well. Um, I think it's actually kind of uncommon to have a game like this that's that's like meant to be beat like in an afternoon, like almost like an arcade game or like a like a beat 'em up or something. You can play it like. You know, you just like sit down and play it, and it's it's over in that day. 
I think like I re- every segment of the yeah. game is perfectly paced and timed and done. I remember seeing this video by this YouTuber named The Gaming Brit, and uh, he had a long segment in one in his God of War review where he defended cutscenes because of what you're saying. Because when you play, like when I try to replay God of War, like the first thing that happens is this slow segment where you're carrying a tree trunk on your shoulder, and you have to like watch all of this stuff that you just can't skip. <laughs> I've complained about this before on the pod. This kind of this exact thing. These yeah. like uh, walking. Uh, simulator parts that you can't skip, and th- and there's no gameplay other than you holding the stick forward, right? Right. Yeah, I, I that stuff is to me like that's like the worst stuff in video games to me. Like that's the most offensive and egregious stuff to me. Like I really that's that's uh, probably why I think Sony games don't always work for me. It's that stuff. It's the Sony problem, right? Like I think yeah. um, I think Kojima games and Capcom games have really discovered that that cutscenes are important to games skippable skippable cutscenes because it increases replay ability big time totally i think um it's a big difference in my opinion um when you talk about japanese games japanese cinematic games and western cinematic games like that to me is like one of the biggest delineating points is like cutscenes versus like scripted half-life wannabe moments where you're like standing and things are happening and they're and they're you can't skip them they're unskippable like scripted in game uh moments you saying japanese games don't have unskippable cutscenes they don't have walking segments maybe that i can think they, of but they almost japanese games usually have cutscenes they do yeah. that are skippable usually it's a common thing that they usually mm, do maybe um, now they used to have a lot of those talking i'm thinking of like jrpgs where you sit there and watch a bunch of little a little chibi characters talk with dialogue boxes for but all of those can be skipped you can you can skip through those it's not like you're you're like i think there's a huge difference between that and like the ellie part of of last of us to you again i'm not trying to hate in that part i think that part was well done yeah. i'm just saying it's just an example that was long you can't yeah. nothing you can do there's no, there's no buttons you can do to make it go faster you have to s- slowly trundle through the museum and talk and do sure. all, like everything has to yeah. play out the pace and is like, controlled it's it's ultra linear yeah. i think that that's a super important distinction like huge um, to me yeah i hear you the good thing is you can skip it i mean if you've beaten the game you don't have to you can just play combat encounters which is kind of cool not if you whip up the whole game though you can't if you want to do a full uh, long play of the game, you have to do Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do a full long play, replay that game. Like, play that sucks. Like, I hear you. I, I, it does. I, that, it does. The campaigns are, and again, RE3, like, perfect example. Like, that's the strength of this game. Is like, it's, it is replayable, and it's super fun to replay. The pacing is, like, perfect. I also have right. some funny notes about this game. One thing, mm-hmm. I think Carlos is an amazing character, and they should bring him back. I think yeah, specifically Carlos is awesome. RE3 Carlos is awesome. I love how he, like, his interactions with Jill, like, he's always flirting with her, but he's always bombing his flirts. Like, they're kind of cheesy, and, like, she, <laughs> yeah. doesn't, she doesn't like them at all. Oh, which that's is, so funny. <laughs> which is great. Um, I love how his dodge is a punch. Um, I think that definitely harkens back to uh, Chris uh, from RE5 and the other games. Um, notably... The voice actor for Carlos in this game is the same voice actor as Chris from Resident Evil Village, which is interesting. <laughs> that, I never picked up on that, but now it makes total sense. That's so They're kind of like similar archetypes, so it, like it's fitting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, man. I, I lo- voice- yeah, I love the, the characterizations of, uh, of some of these ma- masculine characters in these Resident Evil games because they just dial it up so much <laughs> to the point where it's ridiculous. Like, replaying Resident Evil Village with Chris, Chris Redfield when... Like right before the segment where you play as him, he's just in his car smoking a cigarette, and he's like, "God damn, the men yeah. in my seats here. <laughs> mm. Team Alpha's in the wrong spot. They're too close." Takes a drag he's of the cigarette. A, he's a, a little bit of like the Carl Fairburn kind of character. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's good. Um, also, uh, Nicole Thompson, the voice of Jill, is also the voice of Daniela Dimitrescu, which is funny. It's like a weird. <laughs> yeah. No way. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, Neil Newbin uh, voices Nikolai and Carl Heisenberg. So, oh, shit. That's so he awesome also too. did all the mocap for Nemesis, all of it, uh, Kendo, and Brad Vickers. So it's kind of cool how they have this, like, I was thinking about this, like, big picture. I got, like, a lot of things about these these, these new games. Like, it's kind of like, since they got to the um, Reach for the Sky engine, all of the games have, um, uh, what are they called? You can cut the chains with them. Uh, it's like the red. Wire cutters. Bolt cutters, bolt cutters thank cutters, you. Yeah. Bolt cutters, yeah. Um, the bolt cutters are what you use to save Mia in RE7. Like, that's, like, yeah. metaphorically, like, the start of the game, right? And every game since then has got bolt cutters in them. And I think that's, like, the new crank. That's, like, the new generation Resident Evil crank. I think that's what they're going for. Mm. So yeah. I think there's a lot of, like, cool design stuff that they're doing with these games that I really appreciate. Cool. All right. Maybe I will finally beat that game. I, I've been sitting at, like, the last, like, 20 minutes of the game. I think I went for – I left for that uh, long road trip this summer, and I just didn't pick it back up. Uh, but I'd like to. Guys – I'm going to read you a headline from PC Gamer, hot off the press. If you know the answer to this, don't don't spoil it. But PC Gamer has a, a headline that says, the worst map in all of video games is coming back. Dude, what I do you think they're talking headliners. about? What do you think they're talking about? I mean, I know what the article's about, so I don't know if I can. Oh, guess. shit. Okay. Let's let Oren guess. Oren, what do, you, what do you think they're talking about? What do you think the worst, according to Morgan Park from PC Gamer, the worst map in all of video games, and it's coming back, what could, that, what could he be ref, uh, referring to? I feel like it's a contrarian take, right? It's, uh, got... it's a contrarian. It's a contrarian take. Yes, I, is he, I think it is, is. he talking about Blood Gulch in Forge mode? No, that would be <laughs> a little too contrarian. Uh, I think this is a map that's contentious, but like it's a good ass map. I pl- we play it at Lance. Um, it's one of the best maps in this franchise. It's actually probably one. I don't know. I, it's 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 like they the only way they could make this article. It's a Call clickable. of Duty map, Warren, just to help you. Yeah, it's a Call of Duty. Uh, map. Okay, I. Don't know actually. Tankers. It's shipment. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, Modern Warfare Two. Uh, Oren, tell me about it. Uh, you know what? Uh, I've talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, and I currently have over forty hours in Modern Warfare Two. So that's I think a paycheck the... right there. Or <laughs> yeah, that... a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, for reference, uh, the Cold War, I think I just beat the pan campaign and I dabbled in the multiplayer and that was it. It was like 12 hours of game time. So this one has really hooked me. And the reason why this one has hooked me is that the game... It, it's funny, this is the month of first-person games that play better in third-person. So Resident Evil Village did the first-person thing and then, then did third-person and I like that more. And now Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has a third-person mode and mm-hmm. it, it's totally my shit. I feel like I'm playing a Ghost Recon game. Um, yeah, let's talk about what's different. Because you were saying last night, and I bought this game last night on, on your recommendation, and I, I think that was a good recommendation. Nice. That the thir- you were playing the third person mode, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with Orin? Why would he play Call of Duty in third person? And then I played it, and I was like, ah, okay. So this good. is different. This, is not your, this isn't your grandma's Call of Duty. Orin, what's different about third person mode? Well, I love it because for a few reasons. One, uh, you can change shoulders 
um, mm-hmm. in terms of like where you can view. So that already changes the flow of the game. Like you can peek around corners in ways that you can't in first person. And the game has more of like a stop and pop feel in a good way. And um, I just I just really like how it changes the gameplay loop. It feels a lot more tactical than first person mode. Like first person mode, I feel like you're kind of running and then you see someone and you aim down, down your sights and you try to take them out as fast as possible. And this one, you're kind of like in a doorway you switch over one shoulder, see if someone's down the uh, down the doorway. Maybe try to wait for someone to start running towards you, and you pop out and just kind of like do a little burst fire. It just feels a lot more tactical, and um, and it feels really good. I don't know mm-hmm. how popular this mode is, but um, it feels very refined. It doesn't feel slapped on at all, and I'm it, really it, enjoying it. Yeah, it doesn't. Tactical is the right word because immediately I was like, "Oh, this plays more like uh, like a tactical shooter." Because instead of being all about aim down sights, because you can't really even aim down sights in third person, you just walk slower and hone in a little bit. Your field of view narrows a bit. Mm. It yeah. feels a little more like at least just the the controls and the way that, that the games plays out, like Counter Strike or Valorant or maybe even like a, a Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, because it's although I guess Rainbow Six Siege is, is a pretty scope reliant game. You, you, there, it takes the scopes out of the game, which is like the one thing I don't love about Call of Duty. Right. Um, I don't know if it entirely removes them, but it, like it makes it much more about like placement, like placement aiming, like keeping yeah. your crosshair where the enemy's likely to be instead of doing these ridiculous downside flicks. Um, so it kind of changed the flow of the game. I, I thought I was like, oh, this is actually really rad. Yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. It, it feels. It, it it's a really interesting gameplay loop. I, I think it's the first multiplayer game I've played in a while where stealth is a valid thing you can do. Like you can kind of crouch and just crouch around corners and just kind of like look. I never played mm-hmm. Rainbow Six Siege, so I don't know yeah. like how that is. But but a lot of it is the game does reward just kind of sneaking around and being like, okay, I see that crate over there. I'm going to quickly sprint to it. I'm going to wait for about five seconds, see if this guy pops out and doesn't notice me, and then I'll take him out. It just feels so tactical in that way. And uh, another thing that I really enjoy about it is that when you're doing aim down sights, like it clutters so much of the screen. So when you hit a guy, it kind of like doesn't feel as satisfying because your screen is so cluttered. Like when you get a nice clean headshot in third person, you just see like their pump, like their pumpkin head exploding like a pumpkin. That's what I was trying to say. And it's just like, you see all of that gore and it feels so clean and it feels so satisfying. Like I just, I just really like it. It just has like a really nice pop to it. And uh, that's why I was going to recommend this game to Kevin as because Kevin didn't like Halo Infinite. This is a game that is all gore. (laughs) It is a bloody game. Yeah. When you, when you get a headshot, it's just like this giant glob of just of just splatter and you see the splatter on the wall like it is a violent game it's, it's very satisfying oh, very nice um, yeah is it and can you do third person in the campaign uh i don't, I don't think, think so. so i don't think you can do third person in the campaign but there are like co-op missions you can do in third person that are pretty oh, fun nice. I think you might like this game. The third person mode, like stealth is the right word. Like games like PUBG, Counter-Strike stuff, stealth is a a part of the gameplay. And I felt like this, like I I went on like a nice tear after just getting my ass handed me in first person mode and third person mode because I was like able to successfully kind of sneak around and and subtly flank the enemy and just get get on their ass. It was fun. I was like, oh, this this might actually be the mode. Um, 
Yeah. And yeah, like that's the one thing that Call of Duty, other than camping, is missing is like you can't play it stealthy because people are popping up all over the place and everybody's just like camping corners. Like it's you can get like a quick flank, but it's not you can't sneak around the same way you could in like PUBG or something. Like this has got some of that PUBG sneakiness. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's that's cool. I tried to go back to first person mode and it just didn't feel the same. I just like third person mode so much. And um, I will say though. They totally snuck a battlefield mode in this game. So if that it's mode isn't for you, there's literally a battlefield mode called Ground War, and it's it's Bad Company Two. Like they even have the exploding terrain and stuff. Oh, <laughs> I haven't really even cool. tried that. I, I yeah. that that was part of why I was thinking of trying the game was that I was like, oh well, no one's playing 2042. And it's you know it's not the best game. Maybe I could just play this game and play that mode. Can you play that mode in third person? Or is third person only a specific game mode? Like a specific uh, I can't remember if you can play third person in Ground War. I think I think they made it so that you can only do third person uh, tournaments or, or, or game modes and first person because it alters the play style too much. So I mm. think I think you can only do like third person mosh pit, but it's it's still super fun. I'm very satisfied with uh, third person mode. I hope they keep supporting it. The first person mode's still fun. Um, I, yeah. I so let me. I bought this on Xbox, thinking the because the last game I the last Call of Duty game I played was Modern Warfare Two, but only years later when it was remastered, and really the last one I played was Modern Warfare like two thousand seven. Like I, I haven't yeah. played a COD game in a really long time, um, and I was like, oh, you know, I could use one on Xbox. It'll be cool. Like, and then I didn't realize that it had a, a default mandatory crossplay. So like the first match I get in, there's like a bunch of PC users, and I'm like, oh shit. Uh, and then I'm, and then I see in some of these replays that I'm just getting like murked by people, just clearly using a mouse in a way that I like, in a way I could never do. I don't know. I suck on a controller, so it's 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 like extra infuriating for me. And I was like, shit, did I get this on the wrong system? Should I have bought this on PC? Uh, and then I see that you can use a mouse and keyboard on Xbox, and so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like figuring out how to set up how to set that up, get like a little board with my keyboard and stuff. Uh, I think I'll have that going, but um, do you find it like, is it bothering you that the crossplay? what do you think of it? I guess, Oren. Yeah, it bothers me a little bit. Um, I play video games like classic Halo where Mm -hmm. I'm the type of player where I just boost up the sensitivity on my controller so I can turn it really quickly. But because of that, I have to be like really like careful (laughs) with, Mm -hmm. with my, with my analog stick. But yeah, I, I kind of wish they wouldn't do that. But it has been fun. I've been able to play cross-play co-op with a couple of friends, uh, which has been fun. And my brother's also been playing COD, so I play a little bit with him. But uh, yeah, I just um, can't get enough of and that. He's on PS5, person. right? Yeah, he's on PS5. It runs really yeah, so smoothly on the uh, Series S, I should say. Who developed like, this it game? It looks great. Is it Infinity, Infinity Ward? Ward. Yeah. So it's yeah. not Raven or any other ones? Okay. No, no, they they, they no. make the good they make the good ones in my opinion. Like uh, I know there are people who are more Treyarch. I don't think modern Treyarch's as good as classic Treyarch. Um, I mm. think Infinity Ward has been making the best Call of Duty games lately. Hands and the OGs down. too, they're the real deal. Yeah. They're like their Call of Duty. Yeah, the, tw- uh, the twenty nineteen Modern Warfare was quite good too. Uh, I think I like this one more because this one has more to offer. But this is uh, that was like the first good cod in a really long time 
Yeah. Uh, I, I do love that. Like, so I have mixed feelings about the crossplay. I love that if Kevin got it on PC, I could play with him and, 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 you know, if like you could play with your brother on PS5 and stuff. Um, I played a bit of the single player. I gotta say the game has like really gorgeous graphics. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I forgot how hardcore, like zero dark 30. I should have not forgotten this, but like the, these COD games are, they're just like cuts between like some dude with like a British accent. He's like, Oh fuck. And then like bombs are blowing up Captain and then price. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes to like, like the Pentagon and there's, you know, this, this, these two, intelligence analysts are like arguing at it you know a general and an analyst are like arguing at each other uh i i wish it was a little more mission impossible i guess than than it's sometimes a little too military bro I, here's something i don't understand this is modern warfare 2 there has been another modern warfare 2 is this a reimagining to some extent of the same story as modern warfare or is it just a complete reboot rebrand or whatever it's a soft reboot. It's like the same characters from the uh, original Modern Warfare's, but kind of a different story. Uh, so it's I, yeah, I recall there being a moment in Modern Warfare Two where you go, where you're like in somewhere vaguely Middle Eastern, and your a helicopter goes down. And you have to defend the helicopter, and then like the same thing happened in this, and I, but it was like a different setup. And I'm like, am I just remembering that wrong, or did that? Do you know if that's if that's it's like not, a little... it's not a true remake it's a soft reboot like it's yeah, like yeah. it's almost like a parallel universe with okay. the same characters but um the tone is maybe a little lighter like as the game goes on the game becomes more and more like fast and the furious like and okay it's more ridiculous with the sets pieces but yeah it's, it's pretty good i mean um I definitely saw online some complaints and some controversies about how it handles some things like it makes light of the border crisis, for example. But um, I think I have a slightly high tolerance about that because I think the game is just kind of going for Fast and the Furious and like we're a bunch of bros uh, trying to protect democracy. But I, I don't know if you noticed this, Aaron, but mm -hmm. the first mission in the game was the was the Trump missile blowing up that general. That was like the first mission with when you're playing as Ghost. I was like, what so, the fuck? I was like, is this a mother of all bombs? Because that was a big-ass explosion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Modern Warfare 2 is pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I will say the one thing before we... Oh, there we go. Before we get out, I, I did notice that there was like a classic like, mo like Call of Duty moment that like... It was the first thing that made me turn me off of Call of Duty in Call of Duty 2. This is going back to like, you know, early church. <laughs> not a turret, but like you're, you're sitting there holding a position. Somebody's yelling at you. And then dudes run out of a tree line for like five minutes. Um, and I, and mm -hmm. you're just, you just kill them with like, you, all you have to do is shoot in their general direction. And they just flail dead. Uh, like but set pieces. So it I, does it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys on this. You played mm -hmm. it. So. I've always felt that the enemies in Call of Duty games, at least going back to COD4 which and the original games, it's been a while since I put the campaign in front of these, um, the enemies were like basically like almost like turrets who would stand there and shoot at you and they would die quickly. And they had like, what the high difficulty meant was they were just, um, would More kill accurate. you faster. So like, are yeah. the enemies, do they feel engaging at all or are they still kind of the same thing? They just kind of shoot at you. No, or in they're not like super exciting. They don't, have, they don't like I do a lot. What I understand, there's like nonlinear stealth levels. Okay. Yeah. The well, there's a couple things that this game does. Some of it successfully, not so some not so successfully. One, they they kind of I think they kind of figured out 
that they can't just do like a shooter campaign for eight hours with the same enemy enemy type because it gets boring. So they've started adopting the Half-Life 2, Titanfall 2 formula where every single level has its own gameplay gimmick. Like Mm. one, one level's a car chase, one level's like a stealth mission where you don't really have any weapons. Like another one's like a swimming level, like whatever. Like there's like every level has its gameplay thing. Um, I will say that I think the game is a little too hard (laughs) on harder difficulties because sometimes I will literally pop behind a corner and I'll try to shoot a guy and he'll be like looking in the other direction and they'll do it like a 180 degrees and just shoot me in the head and kill me. And I'm like, you didn't even see me. What the? What the hell? <laughs> the, the, the AI is kind of insane on harder difficulties in Call of Duty's uh, single player. But yeah. I don't know. It's so a little the, absurd. The most recent one I actually did play was Black Ops 3. And the highest difficulty of that was a mode where you die in one bullet. But oh, yeah. it was insanely fun because when I'm playing in co-op, like me and my cooperating partner were like, playing it so cautiously and every enemy you call out and play like it was like boop, boop, like like it was like you had to take it so slow it made the game go to a snail's pace but it was like really fun and really stressful so like do they have yeah. that in this game does this game have campaign co-op or is it just co-op missions gosh i can't remember off the top of my head if it has co- campaign co-op but it is it is pretty fun because in this if you do play on hard mode because they've finally dis- like they also designed a lot of the shootouts into like you're breaching into houses and you have to take it slow and guys will like pop out of doors and shoot at you. It's like zero dark 30 basically. And they've, they've kind of run with that kind of game mode for most of the missions. Like you still have those classic missions where waves of enemies will like run at you and you just shoot them, but they've leaned harder into the more like SWAT team. You're breaking into a house full, full of guys hiding in closets sort of deal. And I think it's better for it. Yeah, it's so good. Sort of I, I really like it. If you guys will play regularly, if I can play with you guys regularly, I'll get it. If I can play with someone, I don't like playing versus shooters by myself. I find them to be very boring by myself. But if I have sure. someone to play with, it's fun. So I'm I'm usually not that type of person, but like this one, I've been really enjoying the versus shooting. I don't know. It's it's a really good bag of potato chips. I was hoping that Far Cry Six last year would be like that bag of potato chips, but this is a much better and more savory bag of potato mm. chips than Far Cry 6 was. Yeah. It's also really good looking. It also has really great, uh, I guess, I guess accessibility features. You can change the um, field of view up to 120. You can wow. play at 120 hertz. And it shows you, it actually shows you what the different FOV. It's got this great little thing. It's like 60, 90, 120. And it's you're like, oh, wow, yeah. that's dramatic. Um, it's, Kevin, it's got some cool Kevin, stuff. you might like it just for ground war, honestly. Just get it for the battlefield mode. Yeah, yeah, and the I think you like the third person mode yeah. also too. Actually, <laughs> I don't know if you like the yeah. single player as much. You might have some fun with it, but you might not. It, I it usually is a really dislike player. their tone. I find the like military like uh, I don't know. It's not usually my thing. Oh, well, that's there for sure. Um, yeah, Did you, especially uh, even, like a jarhead kind of character like yelling at you, like get over here, go do the thing, like shoot the guy. <laughs> it's usually some it's, like it's still uh, like kind of right wing like is yeah. propaganda. I will say that I found Cold War to be a lot more egregious with that stuff. Mm. Cuz like they made Ronald Reagan look like this like badass. <laughs> Just like okay, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, like, yeah, just try the multiplayer. I, th- I think you'd like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you could try it on Steam for two hours and return it if you don't like it. 
yeah, as we know. That's true. Uh, okay. Um, really quickly, I want to talk about Immortality, which is one of Oren's favorite games this year. I tried it. It is really freaking cool. Kevin, I think you should at least give it give it a oh, yeah. 45 minutes of your life. I think I you might find a lot to like here. Um, uh, PC Gamer's highest rated game of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Um, but uh, I, I don't want to say too much about that other than if more people play it, maybe maybe it could be long jumped. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, I, I am I'm really enjoying it, and I, I think it's really cool. Quickly, I also want to talk about Cyber Shadow, which is a 2D side-scroller very much in the vein of uh, 8-Bit Ninja Gaiden. Um, right. And uh, so it's interesting. This game was on Game Pass, and I downloaded it and played it for about two minutes as, as people do on game pass. And I think I was, you know, I don't know. I was distracted by something else. Uh, I, I was just like, I don't know. I don't have time for this right now. Um, and as I had been, I got the switch and I've messed around. People keep bringing it up. I was watching YouTubers and they, talking about switch and they just kept saying, um, cyber shadow, cyber shadow. And I'm like, okay, cyber shadow, maybe I'll buy it. I'll just buy it and check it out. And so I paid 20 bucks for it and downloaded it. And I'm about, halfway to three quarters through the game and I'm loving it. it I think it's, it's a, it's a classic. It's, it's like in, in terms of that type of side scrolling eight bit game, eight bit, 16 bit game, it's, it's definitely one of the best ones. Um, I don't have too much to say about it, but like it's, it's similar to the messenger, but the messenger does this thing where halfway through the game, it becomes a Metroidvania, which I hated. I loved it up until that point, And then it gets Metroidvania and I'm like not loving it anymore. It's not a very good Metroidvania, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, it, so this this one is just really good, really strong combat, mm. gorgeous graphics, good music. Um, it's it was uh, distributed by uh, Yacht Club Games, who uh, they they made uh, what's that Shovel Knight, which I don't love but I respect. I think Shovel Knight is a great game. It's not my game, but I think like so so they uh, this game just it feels really smooth. I don't know. I love like playing like you play Ninja Gaiden on the the NES, and there's like some real extreme jank kind of something that you experience in almost every NES game that wasn't made by Shingeru Miyamoto. Uh, so this feels, it feels like it's polished, but it's the same kind of gameplay and it's, I don't know, I'm really liking it. I'll probably beat it. So check out nice. Cyber Shadow. Sweet. Uh, Very nice. All right, guys, let's do something here. We got uh, this week. We're going to, it's been two years, I think actually to the day as we're recording this, when this comes out, maybe not so much anymore, but two years to the day that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S were released. So why don't we go over the, the four main contenders for, for video game platforms, that being the Switch, the PC, the PS5, and the Xbox, and uh, grade them and give them a, a, a report card. What do you guys Let's think? Let's do it. Uh, Kevin, do you want to... Well, here, I'll, I'll tell you what the categories are. The categories are user experience, uh, right? So what's how's the OS, the controller, the online experience? What's it like to use the store? Does it have quick resume, stuff like that? Um, the technology, right? Like how how many frames we get and what's our resolution? What's the, does it have a fast SSD? Is it is it looking uh, future-proof? Um, the library, like what kind of games are available for this? Is there a big collection? Are there a lot of classics and must plays? Are there exclusives? Are there games coming out in the future? Uh, the value? How much does the console or platform cost? How much do the games cost on it? Do you do you get a good value for your money or is it kind of expensive? Uh, and, and then an overall letter grade. Did I miss anything? 
You covered it. I just so wonder, I just, is yeah, is putting PC in here a fair category? Because it's going to be A++ every category? Ooh, just because it's like it can be anything. It's like an open platform. So, uh, Well, that's going to be both, a, both a, a pro and a con, I think. I, I think it's worth yeah. comparing it. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'll mention what I don't that, like about PC because there's definitely things I don't like about it too. Yeah, and I also think it's useful to particularly to stack the new consoles against the PC because I think that they actually, for the first time ever, do really yeah. well relative to it both in, in almost every category so mm-hmm. um uh all right let's start with the switch Oren. i know you don't own a switch so you can forgive me for this one maybe we'll make this one kind of quick but uh kevin what do you think about the user experience on the switch um i was just recently playing a 3ds and mm-hmm. playing a 3ds i was like wow this os is way better than the goddamn switch os which is so bare bones and honestly not that great i think the switch os has been a complaint of mine since i owned the console um, I think the controller, the Switch Pro controller, is a very good controller. I think it's actually the sticks are like maybe the best sticks. I was just pl- yeah, I was the D pad sucks on the Pro the controller. D-pad sucks. It's tiny. My friend can do electrics in Tekken Seven with that controller, the D pad, Mishima Electrics. So That's, it has I to have it. some has to have some value in that D pad. I hate the. D-pad. I think the buttons are not that great either, but yeah. I think the controller is still pretty good. Um, hmm. I don't prefer it to an Xbox controller, of course. But yeah, I but you have to buy it. it. It doesn't even come you with do the console. Seventy dollars. So the Joy Cons <laughs> are pretty lackluster. La- Joy Cons are maybe the worst controller that come. The worst <laughs> yeah. main controller by, by controller. a huge margin. They're so yeah. bad. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. So like, if you were to ask me the user experience of a Switch in 2017, I would say like it's an A. Like because um, mobile and all that stuff. Now I don't play it mobily that much, so I don't really feel like it's that awesome i think the os is not that great the online is you know 20 years in the past and uh <laughs> 20 years dial up I mean, <laughs> dude it's like such a joke the switch online is so bad uh <laughs> i think the game suspend feature is awesome mm-hmm. um and i think the live sorry the library i think i think yeah library is different for, for, for just user experience yeah i think i'm gonna yeah. give it like a a c yeah, I'm gonna say like a C plus. I think that it's laggy. The store is incredibly shitty to use. Um, the user experience ain't that great. Uh, it works, so it's it's functional. I'd say C plus because it's it, it does do the job, but it, it it's not it's not great. It doesn't support. Um, well, I guess that's technology. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't actually like any of the controllers that much. I like the Pro controller, but the D pad's too small, and I'm playing Cyber Shadow with that tiny little D pad. Otherwise, it's great for like other stuff it's actually kind of prefer it to the uh the elite controller believe it or not um in terms of 3d games but um sticks are better yeah let's say c plus do we agree c plus okay c plus i can give it a c plus i'll give it a c plus technology uh this technology has no future yeah i think let's just say d yeah, d minus is, is a little extreme it, Dude, it can play okay. breath of the wild bayonetta which, 3 is oh yeah a travesty but that's on um, them that's on them it's on the it's on them, but it's on the platform. It's just, it's a five-year-old tablet, you know. Yeah, but but look at Xenosaga, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. That is that game looks incredible. That game just came out. Um, there, I think Breath of the Wild Two looks really good graphically. I so, think the technology know. is so. If you if you just perspective on this, when this thing came mm-hmm. out, it was yeah. a 360 back in back then. Now we're like what three technological generations behind you count from from that perspective i mean yeah or no, two. but it's sort of 
I think uh, the technology on the Switch is really lackluster. Sorry, Nintendo fans. Mm. I'm a Nintendo fan too, but I really am ready for a new console. I, I, I want some yeah. new power. I yeah. want better-looking Mario games. I want better-looking Zelda games. I think the new Zelda game is going to be held back by this. Like, it's a bummer. It's going to be 30 FPS. All their games are 30 FPS on the Switch. I've been, I've been playing a lot of muddy ports for years now, and I think there's been some frustration building up. So I think it's, re- it's ready. <laughs> okay, we'll say D. I do love the OLED screen that it has. is is really nice. And in in terms of being able to play something like Breath of the Wild or mm-hmm. even Doom Eternal, although at a not the greatest so, way, handheld, yeah. that's pretty impressive. So I almost say D plus. Let me say one more but, thing. Let me give okay. some charity on this because I will say, if if we're counting the portability and the just the impressiveness of what the Switch can do, still, that's that's very cool. Like the yeah the, the taking the controller off and the the, the tablet to tv mode just that technology itself is very impressive it is very groundbreaking it was groundbreaking five years ago at least so like i yeah. just feel like now i'm not as impressed by it but i mean if you're if you're taking that stuff into account like it's very cool i just think it's time for new hardware yeah it, yeah it feels okay. like so, the end of the uh, console cycle too right like five years that's about mm-hmm. right maybe one yeah. more year they can get away with it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay we'll give it a d how about the library Uh, I would give it a B. I think there's a lot of really good games on Switch. Switch has uh, got... Yeah. I, I think, think like, I'd give it an A minus. Breath of the Wild, Mario... Here's why I don't give it an A. Yeah. Because they don't have virtual console. There's no reason not to have virtual console. Nintendo yeah. putting uh, N64 games in like a $50 plus subscription for online is just egregious. Actually, you just, you just d- downloaded... The user experience just got knocked down to a D. Reminding yeah. me of that. <laughs> um, that's just egregious. Like I, I refuse to pay for that. That that was like the last straw of the switch when they did that. I was like, yeah, no, yeah. screw you guys. Like let well, let me buy Ocarina of Time for like two dollars. Don't make me pay or fifty dollars. I'll pay year. fifteen bucks for it. Just let me yeah, own it. Like I already me, bought it for the. Let me buy for the, the game. Um, there's just no excuse. I just think it's just like bad behavior on their part. Okay. So all right. So D. Yeah. No, sorry. Wait, B. B. Okay. But B's good. It's yeah, got B. some classics, but it's it's gated. It's got some, some I mean, it, it ha- the game has Breath of the Wild. It has Mario Odyssey. It's got like it's got some like knockouts, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Bayonetta 2, it's got it's got some great games. Right. Let me yeah. t- let me tell you about this value category. You want to buy a game that came out 5 years ago? Guess how much it costs? 60. The same amount it did 5 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this is the yeah. most expensive console to buy games for. You will play your games cuz you paid so much fucking money for them, but oh my god. Yeah, in I think, terms of value, it's the worst of all of them. I, I think it's really? an F. Yeah, or Is we'll say D minus. We'll say five. Yes, PS Five has an online service with seven hundred games on it. The games. The PS Five has an online service with seventy seven hundred games on it. Are they new games though? Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, no, this is D minus. Right. I'm not giving it an F because it's not quite that bad, but it's very close. Uh, the controller was seventy dollars back in 2017. Yeah. The Switch yeah. tax is real. There's no there's the Switch no tax is real. <laughs> Switch <laughs> Dude, you want to know how much the Binding of Isaac costs on Switch? Thirty bucks. Thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. For the Binding of Isaac, a game I bought for fifteen dollars seven years ago. Yeah, that's, <laughs> not that it's not a great a game. But. Unfortunately, there's a lot to criticize with Nintendo these days. I, I, <clears throat> especially like i didn't really see it until i played the xbox and it was like oh wow game pass oh wow this this yeah uh, Oren, after hearing us kvetch uh what would you think that the overall letter grade for the switch ought to be um i think it's kind of based on time i feel like if it were like three years ago 
Like it'd yeah. be like a B minus or a B, but it sounds more like a C C minus to me yeah. based on all the grades I heard. C minus. Yeah, I think you're right. Nintendo Switch, you get a C minus. Uh, barely hanging in there. Barely hanging in there. But uh, sounds yeah. about right. C minus sounds about right for Switch. Um. Okay. Let's let's. Should we do the PS5 next? Or do you feel like you have things to say about the PS5? You, you, you I do, yeah. The PS5. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a casual, um, but I've played enough of it and have had enough experience with it to have an opinion. So what do you think of the UI? The OS, the controller, the online experience, all that? Uh, I don't like the user interface. I think it's worse than... I feel like the PS3 had the best user inter- interface and presentation, and they just have been getting worse ever since then. Like PS3, it's like when you open up your PS3, you get that symphony overture tuning uh, Mm -hmm, at the mm -hmm. beginning and it looks really clean and it looks great. And ever since that amazing interface, it's just looked worse. And now like Hmm. you have the PS5 where everything like looks too small, but like almost like not big enough too. It's like they can't decide like the spacing and it just, just, I just don't like how it looks personally. However, hmm. I do love the controller. Mm-hmm. I think the controller is arguably better than the Xbox controller. I love the haptic feedback. Yeah. Um, uh, I hate how bulky the co- console is. I, I mm. they seriously have to make it smaller because it's just too big. So just I hide that behind the TV, but yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. So I, I'd give it like a C, and honestly, a it's C. Really just, yeah, and it's really just the controller carrying it, honestly. Just the Whoa. controller. That's okay. all I like. Well, <laughs> let me let me contrast that a little. I actually like the U. I, I didn't like the interface when I first saw it because it's different from what I was used to. But it is it is 4K. It is HDR. It's got color. It's got vibrance. It's bright, beautiful. Um, once you know how to use it, you can use it pretty quick. But I agree that there's something maybe a little off about it. But I, I don't find it to hamper me in any way. I do love that it has a uh, a resume feature, which I think is standard for all consoles now. I love the fast SSD. I guess that's kind of technology, so we'll keep that out of it. Um, I, I'm a pretty good fan of the online service. I think the online service is decent value. It's not quite Game Pass, but it's it's close enough, I think, for somebody who just got a PS5. And I love the controller. I think it's the, the best controller. Yeah. Um, I, I think the controller's the standout with the PS5 if we're talking user features and accessibility. Can I just mention, what about a, I, yeah. I have the controller. That's the only piece of this console I've actually experienced. I like the controller. I think it's actually worse than the Switch Pro or the Xbox. I like it. The sticks mm-hmm. don't feel as precise. I, mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I Every time I try to play a shooter on it, I felt still not... This is just this is my yeah, opinion. I can but agree, it just I can agree it just with that. It didn't feel yeah. as precise. The controller's also kind of clunky. It's big. It's kind of a big tank in your hands. Um, it's not it's, as big as the Elite. What are you talking about? Smaller I don't know. Than it, it feels mm. it feels like my thumbs are like stretching to use the sticks on that controller. It just doesn't feel comfortable for shooters. Really? Um, yeah. Hmm. And again, maybe this is just because I'm an Xbox guy. Like I don't know. But I mean, I used a PS One analog before I used an Xbox controller. Like I, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, it's not. Huh. I think it's a good controller. Um, it's not my favorite. My favorite controller is still the Xbox. So. All right. Can we agree? Do you, how do you feel about a B, Orin? Because I do really like it. It sounds like you don't like the experience, but I do. And I think we yeah, both agree like, it's, it's can flawed. You, 
can you incorporate mm-hmm. how like big the console is into the experience? Because I feel like that's part of the like. like where if it's in your room? No, because because it sits behind my TV. I never look at it. It's, it's, I, it's I, I think I think it's obscured. actually a problem. If we're if we're talking about user accessibility and interface, I think how big the console is is actually a problem because it's too right. big. B minus. B minus. Yeah, I'll go. Okay, B minus. B minus. Fine. Uh, how about the tech? I think the tech is 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 awesome. I would I would yeah. give the tech an A A plus. The SSD is incredible. It's it it's good at it supports all the features you want these days. Um, do we all agree A plus? I mean it's I haven't played it. I would give it an A, but I haven't played it, so I can't. I don't. Have I mean it's it's the same as the I, Xbox. I, you honestly. know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say an A, and the way I'm mm-hmm. gonna justify it is that I feel like it doesn't have enough <clears throat> game to, games that take advantage of the technology. So I'm gonna That's say an, I'm gonna That's say fair. an A and not an A plus. Like there isn't like. All of these like Metal Gear Solid Four caliber games, you know, like they just don't have it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. All right, uh, the library obviously you love them or hate them. Sony has a ton of uh, exclusives that they dropped like four from this year. Um, it's got a pretty good Game Pass Game Pass alternative. It's not as good as Game Pass, but I think again, if if you just picked up a PS Five and that's all you had and you needed a bunch of games, you're gonna get them. And weirdly enough, there's a bunch of like Microsoft owned games on there. There's there's like Prey and uh, uh, Death Death Loop and Death other Loop, weird yeah. games. So it's like, why are these games on here? But whatever. And they they were just added too. It's not like they've been on there. So it's I don't totally understand that. But Microsoft's making money off Sony's online service. Um, yeah, I I think it's 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 I I would say it's an A minus because maybe maybe yeah. a B plus because they don't have anything that's really like crazy next gen. But like there's a lot of good stuff there. I think if I mean, you were to compare them to Microsoft, like they just, there's no question. Like if you're a fan of Sony games, like you're gonna get some Sony first party experiences for this console. Yeah. Like exclusive Sony games. Like they've they've got God of War, they've got Horizon, they've got yeah. Returnal. Demon like Souls, they, Returnal. Returnal, like there, uh, there's no debate. Like they've got way more. Gran Turismo. That the are Last of Us remake yeah. was uh, part one or whatever. Yeah. Um Ghost of Tsushima, you know, the director's cut, like some of that stuff is really good. So I'm gonna yeah, say A. I'd say, I'd say, uh, yeah, you know, I'd say A. Yeah, let's do it. An A. Yeah. Uh, I, I th- all right. I, yeah, I think mm-hmm. Sony's kind of killing it with that. Like, uh, they just keep killing it. How about the value, Oren? As somebody who is a value, you know, you're, you're, you you like to get some value out of out of your purchases, right? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think with Sony, the value isn't great for a few reasons. One, it's hard to find one. So if you want to buy one anyway, it's still hard to find one. Is it still? I think I'm so. Open Best Buy right now. I think you might be right, but I I actually have not paid. We're any going attention. into the holiday season too, so. Yeah, that's true. But but also on top of that, like compared to Xbox, I feel like you can get more out of Xbox mm-hmm. from a value standpoint. Yeah. You won't you won't get like God of War or Horizon, but you'll get Game Pass and you'll get like a really solid library. Um, and you can get an S for two fifty, right? Yeah, you can get an S yeah. and like if you're a broke college student, like I don't think getting a PS five is worth it. Yeah. Um, so okay. I would say a B minus. Like it's okay. still a great console and it still looks amazing and you still have an amazing library of games, but you're still like spending six hundred dollars on a console, and every console exclusive you want to play is seventy dollars. Yeah, that's true. Seventy dollars, <laughs> um, and 
and and then there's there is still like that lack of of just a big dearth of games that really justify the new hardware like you know mike's playing god of war on his ps4 <laughs> So, yeah, get the new maybe, we sh- maybe we should re- retroactively do the games library to like an A minus for that reason. Maybe even a B. Oh, no, dude, when I got the PS5, I was so stoked. There were so many games that I that I had sudden access to that I, I think it deserves an A, and uh, I think it's going right. to continue to deliver. Um, uh, okay, so where do you guys think that this lands as an overall letter grade? Probably a B plus. B plus. Yeah. What do you think? B plus is that fair? We Based gave Switch that. a C minus by comparison. <laughs> yeah, B plus. Okay, um, I dig it. Let's do the PC, and let's keep in mind the PC is is a lot of things. So, uh, I know it's like it's such a hard compare. It's hard to compare. So let, yeah. let me narrow it down. And by narrow it down, I'm gonna I'm gonna widen it up. Everything from a 399 Steam Deck to a five thousand okay. dollar 4090. Okay. PC, okay. okay? Is, How can is anything the big compare window. to that? That's not fair. Well, no, no, but it's so so. Like here, here's the thing, right? I think the user experience on the PC currently is not as good as it is on the Xbox or a, maybe even the PS5. Even though I think it's still pretty good, it's more modular. You can do more stuff, but it right. requires more effort. It's like it's like depends on like what you want. Like if mm-hmm. you want that tweaking, it's there, so that's a yeah. bonus. If you don't want to deal with that at all, it's a it's a bad thing. So yeah, it's like. That's I don't know. Like, is, isn't isn't the strength of it like that? It can be either. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I'm a console owner because I just I just kind of want to buy it and have no problems. I will say that sometimes I watch a, a YouTuber reviewing a game on PC and they're like, "Oh, the performance is so bad on PC," and I'm like, mm. <laughs> "It's like I I almost don't want to bother with that. I'd rather just have it run well on an Xbox." But so yeah, I think that's true. Up until recently it was a problem on Xbox games also would run bad. Oh my God. Like, right. like I last, can't tell any PS4 gen. games I had that ran oh my like God. shit. Right. Bloodborne uh, multiplayer. It's, it is rare that the PC <laughs> version is not as good as the console version in terms of performance, but sometimes it depends on your, your so, heart, you know, your mileage will vary with your hardware. I think like if you're so, like me, like the user experience of PC is, is unbeatable because like I yeah. can play Resident Evil, whatever at 4k 120 FPS, you know, mm-hmm. like like I can get the best user experience possible of the game. Like I can get the best version of the game in most cases, other than the loading times, which there's not is not yet, not yet beatable. Consoles have the best loading times. So right let's say B plus. It could be better. Like there are some features that consoles have that that currently you don't see on PC. Um, yes, even though you I can agree. tweak it, uh, like why don't we have quick resume on PC? That is a Microsoft mm-hmm. technology that's been in a, on a console for two years. Why hasn't that been added to PC? Oh my you know God, it's been two years already. You know what's one of the, the, the most amazing things I think about the Xbox is I can go up to the Xbox, I pick up the controller, I press the Xbox button, and I just start playing games. Yeah. Awesome. On my PC, I have to like press the power button, like wait for Steam to launch, wait for my scripts to like automatically load Steam and open up the big picture mode. Like there's there's some there's some work I had to do to get it to oh. have like, the console, right? So I want the console experience on a PC. It's still not 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 as good. But, I'm like, upgrading if I'm just to using a with mouse and keyboard. Yeah. It's amazing. Like it's the best controller. I forgot about that. It has by far the best controller. Mouse and keyboard is is just <laughs> well, it depends so on what you better. want. It's the most depends precise want, controller. But... It's the most precise yeah. controller. There's no. There's but no it's my favorite. Eight. All right, so A minus or B plus, Oren? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you decide on this one. Which one? Technology? No one user on? experience. I know you don't even use uh, it. But, but. B plus. I'm gonna say B plus because it's too variable. Right. It's too okay. Uh, B plus. 
Yeah. Uh, technology, I think, is 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 a is plus. an obvious A there's plus because like the there's no it can be whatever <laughs> yeah. technology you want. You can yeah. you can literally spend three ninety nine on a Steam Deck and get like the the cheapest deal in gaming, or you can spend five grand on a forty ninety and a new Intel processor. Um, library again, A plus. Like not only also does G-Sync. is every fucking yeah, game, every game ever on yeah. PC. Every game from every system can be emulated on PC. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess we're cheating here. Sorry about that. But uh, I'm saying, it's like, this isn't fair. Like it's like it's it's an OS. Game, game like, Pass is on is on game PC. Pass is on it. You got so you got you value. Can play, hey, I, I can Steam. I can play God of War. I can play. I can play Uncharted. I can play Halo. I can play like I can play Gears of War. Like I got all I the play, first parties. Yeah. Right. No, it's true. Um, so okay. The uh, library, or sorry, like value is is a little variable. I'm gonna give the value a B minus. Tell me if you guys agree with this. I do think that if you're somebody who, hey, you don't have a lot of money, you could get a Steam Deck, and Steam Deck plays freaking all sorts of stuff, and it's apparently a reasonably good experience. Um, I'm actually getting more and more interested in one. It, you could start there. Also, unlike last year, the, the crypto boom is over. You could build a gaming PC that will compete with a PS5 or Xbox Series X for about a thousand dollars, right? Um, that is still more money than you'd spend on either of those consoles, but you could you could do that, and you can also you know, it's the value is basically completely up to you, but because you're not gonna get you're not gonna pay two hundred and fifty bucks and get a Series X, you know what I mean? Yeah. S Series S, sorry. So what I did think, I just, uh, so I think the value is 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 gonna be the, probably the, the the lowest mark because you have to buy the OS. If you're using Windows, yeah, that's true. You gotta buy a monitor. You gotta, you gotta have a monitor. You gotta have a keyboard. But then it does things for you that that a console won't do. It does. You know? It's true. You can work on it. You can it's, you can create. It's like what are your expectations? Is really like what this? What how we have to grade this? Like what's the expectation going in for a gaming machine? For you gaming, some, okay, you have to put some money. In. C plus. I'm gonna say C plus on value because you have to spend. It's there's expensive. just no question. I mean, the GPUs cost more than the than the freaking Series X. You can yeah. get a whole Series X, PS5 for the price of. For like like two of them for the new GPUs, the forty ninety. Yeah, yeah. Still, overall, I think PC is an A. PC is in as good a place as it's been. Yeah, probably a better place than it was even a year ago. You you can afford graphics cards again if you want to get into PC gaming right now. It's not a bad time at all because there's there's a lot of components that are really a good value and will get you far. I think far. it's easier now than it's ever been. Yeah. Steam handles almost all the difficulties. Like all you need to do is like have Windows updated, have drivers installed, uh, and play that's that's not like you have to do a lot of work you can buy a pre-built pc like like most of the hard shit is 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 gone like yep. windows xp gaming was way more of a pain in the ass the olden days yep all right so, so pc gets an a uh Oren, xbox i know i know this is this is your this my, is my you baby. man this is uh, you well user I'll, experience I, I guess i'll do series s so we're doing user experience first um Honestly, I think the user experience is an A um, mm-hmm. because yeah, uh, for a few reasons. Like one, the obvious one, Game Pass is is, is great. It's accessible. You, you can literally just get Game Pass and that's all of your gaming right there. So like all, that whole library is accessible to you. Um, also, uh, the controllers are great. You can get them customized on Game Lab. I have like multiple custom controllers. I love how they look. I have an Elden Ring style one that says like "Ye Tarnished" uh, at the bottom, and uh, and I love that. Gabagool too. 
Oh, I have one named Tony that's red. A Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so that, or I'm sorry, it said foul tarnished at the bottom of my yellow one. Uh, but um, I love how when you turn it on, as Kevin said, it just turns on and it's great. Like you're in the game. And I love quick resume. Quick resume's great. I, I think it's I think it's a solid A. I can I think I yeah. can pick at the user interface a little bit because I just think Windows they haven't really innovated with like just like mm. the blocks that they have on the screen. But I think yeah. it has enough other great stuff to make up for it. Can we just yeah. mention that quick resume is like the most revolutionary feature of this generation? I think it is. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, awesome. quick resume is is amazing. Um, my only dings would be there's there's ads on the front page, ads, which I find yeah. annoying, and that's true of also the PlayStation Five, and also it does this dumb shit with your with your uh, gamer score where it's like, oh look, it's, it's five hundred gamer score. It's like why do you show me that when I just want to play games? It's just there's some just goofy gamification stuff I don't love. Also, it's not HDR. Why is it not HDR? I don't understand why that that is. It's, make that make that uh that Wait, home menu HDR. Wait, oh, the home. The games HDR. are. It's just oh, the yeah, just just the dashboard is not HDR. But that's it's like a real nitpick. Um, should, should we make it an A minus then? Are we feeling A minus? No, I think no, quick, I think quick resume. I think it's it's so good. It's an uh, uh, my my nitpicks are keep it from perfection, but it's 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 a really great experience. Uh, technology, I think just like the uh, the PS Five, it's an A. It's maybe slightly doesn't have quite as good of a hard drive, but it's got quick resume. It's apparently gets like five more frames per second sometimes in games that are unlocked frame rates. So that's neat. I, I think it's a, uh, it's a very strong piece of technology. I also mm -hmm. think it's just an A in the sense of like if you're just talking the Series S and what that's mm -hmm. capable of is just insane. And it's so That's small. true. Yeah. And I think when we come to talk about value, that's going to knock it out of the park. Uh, it, yeah. So uh, the library is, is, is a mixed bag, right? In terms of Game Pass, you have this massive selection and every Microsoft first-party game ever is available to play, often with enhanced frame rates and stuff. I guess that's another thing that goes to technology. Yeah, back and You know what? Pass. That's A+. A-plus to technology. I'm sorry, because... Uh, back and pat. All that back and pat, I forgot about that. That's Auto incredible. HDR. Like, Auto HDR. Oh, yeah, yeah. A-plus. boost. A-plus. Um, but the library... What do you think, Oren? Um... This is kind of interesting because it, it comes down to like how much we're going to separate value from the library because in terms of value, Game Pass is fucking awesome and how it gives you all of the... like I've been playing so many indie games this year just because of Game Pass, which I wouldn't have bought otherwise. So that is amazing unto itself. But if we're just talking about like what can you play on Xbox versus what you can play on PS5... It's very lackluster, I think. Um, so are we only talking first party? Because if you talk back and pat, I mean, you can play system well, that's link what I'm saying, with yeah. an original. Yeah, okay, you can play a system like Halo One with a Series X Halo One together. Forget about like, modern right. exclusives, like modern Microsoft exclusives, funded, okay. you know, first second party games. Yeah, they are um, lacking. I think that's the spot they're lacking the most. But I would say I don't think exclusives are the whole picture, though. Right. Yeah. If we're not talking just exclusive, I think it's a solid B. Mm -hmm. I think it's missing, it's still missing that turnout of like amazing exclusives that are like, oh, I'm going to buy the Xbox to play this game. They they really only have like Sea of Thieves, Forza. I, I don't even want to say Halo, to be honest. Like, I'm not even no, sure if Halo. Halo. <laughs> yeah, Halo. <laughs> like, the yeah, their big mega multiplayer exclusives are. You Can know. we agree that there's no killer app for this for the Xbox? There's no killer app. I think PlayStation yeah. is probably I, I, God of War. Right? I think Sea of Thieves. I think Sea of Thieves and Forza. Was that on Xbox One though? That's on Xbox One though. Um, 
There's no That's like true. Series X killer app, like console seller. Like this, is I can't the game think of anything for, the, for yeah. this console. Whereas like, God, I can God think of God several games. PS5 or. Demon Souls. But that's on PS4. But like Demon Souls. I feel, Souls, I feel like for, Forza Horizon Five qualifies as a killer. Yeah, that was our game of the year. But that is also, I guess, on the Xbox One. But uh, that's that's a pretty great game. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it, but it's, you're it's right. Lacking. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's lacking. It's not like right. a big. It's not like a. It's not like a Horizon or like a God of War. It's not like a big like, you know. Or like a Starfield. Or Elden Ring or Starfield. Or yeah, <laughs> Starfield. <laughs> Like Starfield a Starfield that was supposed change. to come out yesterday. Um, yeah. yeah. And who knows if Starfield's even good? We don't even know. It could be a mess. Don't even know. I think, yeah. like, yeah. I would give it, like, a B plus Because, like, I just feel like the, 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 the fact that you can play Xbox One games and Xbox games on it makes the library substantial. Like, it's gonna, a big one. Like, like, it's probably I'm, the biggest console library. Dude, I'm going to say B- minus because they can't get a fucking game out to save their life. But I'm like, going to be the crate equalizer and say B. I think it's a solid B. <laughs> B, let's do it. B, because right. you okay. said B minus. Okay. Kevin said okay. B plus. Yeah, let's you, do you, it. B. I, I, I think by the the law of averages, we have to. Uh, now value, <laughs> the best value in gaming. A plus. There's no, there's no argument. I think A plus, <laughs> like a like a thousand. Percent. I mean, think just think about this. Like in terms of money spent, right? Uh, you can buy a Steam Deck. This, again, this is a portable console, but still, you can buy a Steam Deck for three hundred dollars, right? Three hundred dollars? Is it four hundred dollars? Four hundred dollars. Okay, so you buy a Steam for four hundred dollars. You can buy a Switch for three hundred dollars. This is again a portable console, or you can buy a Series S, which is like four times stronger than both of them, for three hundred dollars. Like, I just yeah. don't think like in terms Doesn't of like hardware screen, performance, yeah. there's not even a debate. Like, it's it's yeah, but like Series S and Game Pass, I mean, that's like pff, you get like a ton a of Series S and like a hundred and fifty dollar gaming monitor for yeah, you're at four hundred bucks or so, and you're you're basically I, as good it's as like as the you best value be. there is I, I it's ridiculous the series s has to be sold at a huge loss I, well no it's the it's the whole uh broke college student analogy that uh aaron uh brought up a couple podcasts ago it's like what are you gonna get if you're a broke college student you're not gonna get ps5 you can get series s 150 dollar monitor and game pass and That's the series gonna s get. Like, i bought it as like a temporary thing until i got the series x and like i almost was like i don't really need to upgrade this like, yeah. I was like, I could just keep, like, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. For some reason, I felt like it was going to be, like, a weak sauce console. Now that thing delivers. That was, Cod awesome looks console. fucking good on it. Cod looks really mm. good on it. Mm. So. And Village. Right. Village looks fantastic on it. Mm. Awesome. A plus. It a also, plus. Uh, yeah. So, overall letter grade, I think we're tracking an A, A minus here. I think, yeah. I think, uh. Just an A. Yeah, sure. Let's. Though though the lack of amazing exclusives does hurt it a bit. Yeah, I think I it's a like, minus. I think okay. a minus to be fair. Yeah, Which, a minus. Wow, wait a minute. Does that mean that the series S and X just scored slightly lower than the PS? Oh, the PC. Okay, I was looking at the PS Five. I was like, the no. PS Five uh, was a B plus. That that sounds right to me. The Xbox having a minus while PS Five having B plus. That sounds right to my brain. That makes sense to me. And the Switch right. got a C minus. <laughs> Final <laughs> report card. The Switch gets a C minus. The PC gets an A. The PS5 gets a B plus, and the Xbox gets an A minus. That said, if I could only have one right now, I'd probably take an Xbox. It'd be so. Yeah. For the Xbox shills, we we uh, yeah, get paid, and we don't get paid at all, and we still <laughs> shill for Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get paid at all. Um, yeah. 
<sighs> well, that was fun. Um, happy birthday, PlayStation Five and Xbox and Switch. Let's let's see. Uh, I want to see. Here's what I want. I want a Steam Deck Pro or two with a bright OLED screen and a little bit more juice. And I want to see a Switch Two with uh, better everything. <laughs> Basically, no more fucking Joy Cons. Viable trash. Virtual arcade games. None of this. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. Like, uh, I want Sony. I want Sony to go back to making exclusives that I like, like adult, bloody, action-adventure stealth games. Um, because I think it might. seems like they're they doing might. more Marvel Disney lately. That's what I want. Mm. Yeah, let's see what Nidog's doing next, huh? I hope yeah. it's violent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, The Last of Us... Part one was a pretty good update to that game. It needs to be an original. Scratch some of that itch. But yeah, I agree. I agree. They need to do something original. Wouldn't it be uh, badass if they did a Hotline Miami? But like, uh, <laughs> like, yes. ever, like they just took The Last of Us combat and just made a Hotline Miami game. Like, that would be so sick. I would buy that day one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That'd be man. awesome. They should like totally do that. It's Neil Druckmann says it's like a game that he wants to make. So that would be so sick. Oh, he that says that the, that's what he wants to make? Yeah, like someone on Twitter one time asked him, like, what kind of, like, series would you like to make an entry in? And he said, like, Half-Life, The Punisher, Hotline Miami, and, like, Cowboy Bebop. Like, those were, like, the four he brought up. So <laughs> that would be so... Like, Hotline Miami makes so much sense. That would be Just, super rad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, once again, Switch C minus, PC an A, PS5 a B plus, and Xbox an A minus. But I think next year we're going to be looking at Xbox A plus or A, depending on on what these how much uh, of the constipation they can handle getting rid of, and uh, PS5 might even crank up a little bit. So we'll see. Uh, let's do some personal recs and get out of here, gentlemen. I guess I'll go first. Um, Atlanta finally concluded last season um, after four seasons, and uh, it, it ended really strongly. Um, it was It's one of those shows that now that it's over, I'm like, man, I'm going to miss that show. I'm going to miss hanging out with Ern, Van, Paperboy, and Darius, and I'm going to miss like the surrealist interludes and all that stuff. But I don't know. I really like that show. Uh, I think... This has been an amazing year for television and like I'm, I'm already putting together my list of my favorite TV shows of the year and like my top six would be like number one any other year. Like that's how mm. good TV has been this year. So Atlanta, great show. Um, I recommend it. It's a it's a quick four seasons. Very, very entertaining show. Awesome. Very good. Um, all right. Uh, Kevin. Um, I have a, a, a not recommend. Um, okay. Don't watch Matrix Evolutions. Uh, I didn't like it that much. But really, the main reason I actually want to mention this, I had a question for you guys. So yeah. I've read, this is a, this is a tinfoil hat theory, and I think it's ridiculous, but I think it's, yeah, it's interesting to... Yeah, I think it's ridiculous to, too. You, you, know, you didn't watch... So that, yeah, well, hang you told on. me last night, sorry. Okay, but for Warren too. That, that, that they, uh, that some people allege that, that, that they made the movie bad on purpose, because of one scene, which I noticed too, is very meta. They're like, "Oh, WB wants us to make a new Matrix," and like they literally say that right. in the movie. And this is like in the first like thirty minutes of the movie, but it's not even a spoiler. Um, and there, and apparently, uh, Lana Wachowski said that when they came to her about it, she was like, 
that they said we're gonna make this movie with or without you and she was like fine i'll do it but like people alleged that, that the movie was made bad on purpose i think that's ridiculous but i think it's a funny it's a funny concept that people think that um, <laughs> that it was intentionally poorly done it, it, it i don't think it was poorly done i think it was just poorly written yeah <laughs> that was my I- thought I'm a fan of that movie just because to me it's like an anti-movie. Like I, I like mm-hmm. how uh, for like the first hour of that movie, Keanu Reeves is like this Hideo Kojima like game designer, and it's like, is this real? Is this not real? And it just feels like an anti-movie. But yeah, that's it's the kind of movie that you're either gonna either gonna love it or hate it. I think. But I do want to give you a recommendation specifically to you, Kevin. If you want a Matrix-style movie. I suggest you watch the trailer for the new John Wick movie because it is like so like a Matrix. That that's the Matrix sequel you want, John Wick 4. So watch okay. that trailer. And that actually has Lawrence Fishburne this time. Yes. Cuz cuz wh- what the hell? Why was there no Lawrence Fishburne? You have Matrix that Lawrence Fishburne. That's like it's like yeah. I don't know even what that's like. Well, this new John Wick movie looks more like a Matrix movie. Like it, it, it has hmm. Lawrence Fishburne in it. It has uh, the look, Keanu Reeves being a badass. Like it has the bright neon. You watch that trailer. Trust me, you'll okay. like it. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> All right, that sounds yeah. good. Um, my rec is going to be the history of the stealth game from Metal Gear to Splinter Cell and everything in between by uh, Kirk McKeon. It is a, a hard, well, it's a novel, or not a novel, sorry, it's a book, but um, it's it's about the history of the stealth game. Uh, he interviews a bunch of people who worked on different games. Um, Harvey Smith writes the the foreword. It's it's pretty good. Nice. Uh, I, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm enjoying it. And it's, uh, you know, stealth, the stealth genre is one of my favorites. And I think that it's, uh, it's interesting to hear from different people who have worked on it throughout the history of it like what was their motivation and what were they thinking when they made games like Thief and kind of covers stuff like Thief and covers all the way up to The Last of Us Part 2 so uh, pretty good hmm. oh nice that's cool that's one that has a snake in the box mm-hmm. on the cover yeah that's awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah. very cool very cool yep uh, alright well guys that was a pod uh, didn't quite make that 80 minute mark holy crap but good stuff uh, I, I appreciate both of you for showing up. This was this was fun, uh, and uh, I think uh, I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll be back for more. But uh, check out Madden. Madden, we love you. Thank you for composing the awesome theme song that you heard at the top of the podcast, and you're about to hear right now. And uh, yeah, we'll be back shortly. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.